a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the State of Wrestling Address. Every single week at the Wrestle Plug, we discuss the week's news. Sometimes we have four, sometimes we have three, but today we're going one-on-one. I'm Aaron Nix, the most unprofessional of all professionals in wrestling, and joining me to discuss this week's news is, of course, the Duke of Diabetes. He is the Maple Leaf Magician, and he does indeed have 15 times as many promo skills as Kenny Omega and 15 times as much insulin. It is, of course, Canada's most beautiful resident, at least Ontario, because we don't know where Josh Alexander officially lives at this point, because we're not stalking him, I promise. Kyle Wilkinson. It's a d- the dynamic duo. It's all you ever need. The dynamic duo. Yeah, that's definitely a better tag team name than the vainglorious authority. <gasps> oh, shots fired. Pew, pew. <laughs> Love those two, but get a better name. So let's start with the big announcement from AEW. Every single week, it seems now, Tony Khan's got a big announcement. I'm going to break the internet. Shockwaves. Oh, my God, I'm so edgy. So this time around, he has acquired Ring of Honor. Video library, brand assets, intellectual property from independent professional wrestling's most prestigious promotion purchased under new partnership with Tony Khan. Moments ago on AEW Dynamite, this is, of course, a press release from right after that. um, It was announced that Tony Khan has agreed to acquire the assets of Ring of Honor Wrestling Entertainment from Sinclair Broadcasting 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 Group, including the promotion's extensive video library dating back to 2002, brand assets, intellectual property, production equipment, and more. Known widely as the independent promotion that birthed some of wrestling's biggest stars, Ring of Honor's purchase signifies a new chapter in the future of professional wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And then it basically goes on to basically suck Tony Khan's dick for, well, forever. Um, so, Carl Wilkinson, very simple question. Is this good or bad if you are a Ring of Honor fan? I mean, are they going to treat it like a developmental? Are they going to give it the exposure it deserves? Because, like, let's be honest, like, no one matches WWE when it comes to video packages. I'm sure AEW has probably had some good ones. But WWE is in the entertainment business, and their video packages are, you know, for lack of a better word, phenomenal. Can Tony Khan do anything with that? Because they do have, you know, Brian Danielson. They've got Punk. They could probably put some stuff together. But at the end of the day, I'm most worried about the exposure Ring of Honor will or will not get. Because, you know, AEW is the second biggest promotion in the States, in North America, to be honest. But I think Tony Cox, Tony Cox, Tony Khan is a cock. Like, <laughs> I think he's such cool. a little twat. And he's just buying a whole bunch of toys that he doesn't know what to do with. I'm, I'm worried, but I guess I could say cautiously optimistic but I just know it's going to fail because he's such a fucking idiot. I, it's one of those things where I can't really comment too much until I see what's done with it. I would yeah, like to absolutely. see Ring of Honor continue. I would like to see the Briscoes, for instance, continue. You know, people are saying, oh my God, this is incredible. Of course, AEW Marks are going to say it's fucking incredible because they literally think the sun shines out of that little dweeb's ass because he's just like them. He's just a dweeb, isn't he? Like he's a weedy little weasel he's a who has mark. a lot of money. And they all they all think, oh, unlike Tony Khan, I'm a skinny little dweeb. Maybe I'll get some money. Maybe I can spend daddy's money and buy a wrestling company. Who cares, man? Like, you know, I could give a shit, really. Um, 
I'd like to see Rogovada continue. You can't say that it was doing a great deal of numbers, particularly in the run-up to its hiatus. And apparently they did reach out to WWE as well. And obviously Tony Khan must have made the better offer. Of course he would, because Vince McMahon's probably sitting there thinking, well, I don't need that. Like, I've got pretty much all of their biggest stars, or I've helped make them big global stars. And then they've moved on back to AEW or wherever, or retired for whatever reason. Um. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Are they going to allow Ring of Honor to just continue under its own banner? And then, of course, like you say, use it as a feeder system because they're going to have some sort of indication. Or are they going to, you know, just kind of let it sort of filter around the wind and maybe pick up the contracts of the guys they like? But again, if that's the case, it's more people through the door that you don't have room for. And loads of people are saying online, oh, well, Ring of Honor is like, they've got their own TV deal, which means that there's more time and more places to put talent. I'm like, yeah, but you can't even fit your own talents on TV or YouTube right now. There's not enough room. So even if you use another two hour slot and call it ring of honor, um, that's still, there's, there's too many wrestlers. You know, you just, it's again, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many ingredients in a pot. Eventually it'll boil over. It will. And eventually a lot of these talents will think I'm not getting anywhere. Where else can I go? WWE. We're seeing it with Cody Rhodes. He's the first. Might take a while. Might take a long time. Might be two or three years. But you got to think a lot of guys are going to be sitting there thinking, okay, this is great and all, but I'm only getting to wrestle, you know, twice a month for whatever reason, or maybe even less than that. Maybe the grass could be greener over the other side where there's good money as well. Yeah, I mean... They, they got, I know a lot of the people, like I'm pretty sure everyone from Ring of Honor was released at the end of 2021. Like when they did like the blanket, we're going to close for the first quarter, come back and see what happens. Like I'm, I think Jonathan Gresham is still their world champion. I know they've got other belts. I think Diana Perrazzo is their uh, women's champion. So that could open a, you know, quote unquote, the forbidden door. That's such a stupid fucking phrase. But like open the door with impact again. Not that that really helped impact at all, to be honest. I mean, you're right. We just got to wait patiently and see what they're going to do with it. But again, cautious optimism. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. There's not really much else I can say. They're not the only ones uh, doing business, though. EC3's Control Your Narrative company has announced a TV deal with Pro Wrestling TV. As we've noted, EC3 is partnered with, or is partnering with Adam Scher, who, of course, everyone knows is a Braun Strowman, and Killer Cross to launch their new Control Your Narrative wrestling promotion. The promotion has been promising a TV deal that will be announced imminently, and that deal was announced today, which was a couple of days ago now. The promotion will run Orlando uh, this Saturday, March the 5th, and Dallas on Thursday, March the 31st. The Dallas show will be a TV taping with Cross's debut and an announcement with details on the future of Control Your Narrative. It's another small-time promotion with a small-time TV deal. Uh, we've seen other companies pick up something similar or doing well as smaller brands, case in point GCW. Uh, is this a good or bad thing to have yet another choice out there? I mean, having more choices is never a bad thing. It's just the problem is some of the talent you're picking up. Like, EC3 is great. At least he was at some point, maybe, you know, 10 years ago. I don't care about Adam Share. I don't carry across. Like, that's exciting. But his legacy has been forever tainted by that shit WWE run. 
no one gives a flying fuck about Austin Aries. And if you do, you can fuck right off because I don't want you here. Like, yeah. again, it, it's cool to see people doing what they like to do, I guess. But I'll, I'll be honest, man. I don't see it going very far. Even like with a small TV deal, that's great. We're going to get like 300 people watching it. I, I don't care, man. It's, it's one of those things, you know, EC3 will hopefully make a bit of money. I like the idea. I really like the concept to control your narrative as an independent artist myself, looking to break out and working hard to do things like that. I like that. But, you know, I'm, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, first of all, it's not going to be accessible to me because I doubt it's going to have, you know, a TV spot in the UK, not a chance. And even if it did, you know, I, I'm working a pretty heavy schedule now on the British independent wrestling scene. I try and keep up with WWE. I try and sort of briefly watch a bit of AEW or at least a highlight or something, but normally often. I don't really have time for most of the mainstream wrestling, so I'm not going to make time for something like this. And it's not a case of I don't wish them well. I hope they do well. I just don't personally give a fuck, if I'm being honest. Um, Keith Lee responds to reports he had attitude issues in WWE. Since being released from WWE in November of 2021, Keith Lee has dealt with rumors of him being difficult to work with. Uh, in an interview with the New York Post, he revealed that he generally pays he generally pays no mind to stories going around on the internet. At the end of the day, I'm very much like these old school guys. Like, I really don't pay attention to the internet like that. And half the time, I don't really pay attention to the apps, Lee admitted. Like, I may post a thing and someone who helps me with my account may post a thing that's trying to be positive for another for other people or promote what I do here in AEW, especially now. I feel like this. If there's no truth to it, then why should I give it any credence? This might sound arrogant, but I don't really care. And at the end of the day, it is beneath me. And I treat it as such. Do you think there's any um there's anything in that that Keith Lee is difficult to work with? No, that, that sounds dumb. Like people make up shit all the time. Like I've seen wrestlers go online and go, Oh, that's news to me when some bullshit like ringside news or something pulls something out that literally has no levity to it whatsoever. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he knows what's going on with him. I think most wrestlers do. So I don't think it, he's arrogant to say it's beneath him because, like I said, at the end of the day, he knows what's going on. Like, people are just so dumb and they'll throw anything online to hopefully get a just small amount of clout or something that will turn around and bite them in the ass the next day. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to touch it much because I don't really care. I've, on the, the odd occasion I have met Keith Lee in person, he's been unbelievably cordial and polite. Bit of a bit of a tough nose kind of guy, but got no problem with that. He's never I've never seen him be rude. And, well, I don't fucking know him personally enough to know if he would ever be difficult. But, you know, WWE, they want to sort of throw out their shades. You're never really going to get the full story. So, who cares? Like, I don't. Uh, so... The first announcement for the WWE Hall of Fame 2022 is, of course, The Undertaker. Thoughts on The Undertaker finally getting into the Hall of Fame. I say finally, but to be fair, it's only been, what, a couple of years since he retired, so... I mean, for, like, if you could think of anyone that would be a Hall of Famer, past, present, future, it would always be The Undertaker. He's the first that comes to mind. He's, he's with the company. Hall of Famer. In my opinion, he's, he's been... the biggest. He's been with the company for 30 years. He never once jumped ship or came back. He has been with Vince through thick and thin. Like, you know, he was with them during the early 90s, which was pretty shit. He chased some black guys around a haunted house. Yeah. Uh, um, He's he's done some pretty 
questionable things. Yeah. Where where to, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah, the, the whole best. unholy wedding, threatening to rape Vince McMahon's wife. Not great, although, you know, Vince McMahon could have... Well, Vince McMahon threatened to have his wife raped as well, so I guess, you know, that evens the odds. Uh, from a kayfabe standpoint, he's done some pretty, pretty horrible things, including right. trying to crucify people. He's even resurrected himself from the death multiple times, which is very impressive. So, murdering yeah. Big Boss Man. Let's not forget that. That was that was definitely a high point. Um, rest in <laughs> peace, rest, rest, rest in peace, Ray Let's just point out that the, the um, beloved Big Boss Man, who sadly passed away many years ago, did not pass away at the hands of the Undertaker. Um, it is just an angle. Don't get worked, everybody, will you? Uh, I'm excited for it. Like Mania's in Texas, Taker's in Texas. Ever since like his quote unquote retirement, he's done a lot of like interviews, like the Broken Skull sessions. Um, Some of like the documentary they did with him was really, really good. Like I think it was called Last Ride, like kind of working up to his match with AJ, the Boneyard match, which is still my match of that year because it was so fucking good. I'm excited for this. I think I heard that Vince is going to be inducting him. That's Which... what I was going to touch on very quickly. Vince McMahon has been announced as the inductee. Do you think that's all right? I mean, if it wasn't Vince, I guess it could be Kane. But, that's but, kind of what I was hoping it would be. But Glenn Jacobs has said some questionable things about masks recently, which God is ironic coming from a man who wore a mask for 30 years. Oh, so That's that's not <laughs> all. That's not all. Trust me. We'll get to Kane in a minute. Yeah. But um, I think Vince yeah. doing it is the best because like the relationship they have is a very special and unique one in wrestling, I think, just because of how long they've been together and the stupid things Vince has asked Taker to do that he's done. Um, I, I'm excited for it, honestly. Right, well, it's pop quiz time. There are three other people that Vince McMahon has inducted into the Hall of Fame in his entire life. Give me those three names. Uh, Austin has to be one. Austin's one, yeah. Two more. Um, one was he... in 1994, and I'll be stunned if you get it. And the other one was in 2013. Uh, oh, 2013. I'm going to say, did he do like Donald Trump's celebrity thing? But I don't know if Donald, oh, Trump, Donald Trump is number two. The other yeah. one, I will just say it because I doubt you'll get it, is the no, former no. executive and mayor, oh. James Dudley. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. I was thinking 94. That was the year after the inaugural, which was Andre. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, would, I probably never would have got that. That's quite a big deal. Um, yeah, no, like I echo everything Carl said. Like, there's not much else I can add to it. He's a certifiable Hall of Famer. What else? What, what's the point? I'm not going to waste time fucking banging on for the next 10 minutes about how amazing he is. We all know who he is. Let's move on. Uh, just briefly, while we're, while we're on the uh, subject of Vince McMahon, uh, how about the idea that he will potentially be wrestling Pat McAfee at WrestleMania 38? That. The two wrestling performances I've seen for Pat McAfee are so much better than they have any right to be. Like, the the Adam Cole match was awesome. Being in war games, I think he's the one that took the leap off the top. Like, the guy's dedicated to learning how to do it. Like, I know he's a pro athlete. He already has that athleticism behind him. And I, I think he honestly truly respects the art of professional wrestling. I really do. It helps. It comes through in his color commentary on SmackDown because I think him and Adam and Michael Cole. I almost said Adam Cole. I think they're actually great together. I'm not a huge Michael Cole fan. Like I know some of the stuff he's done, like the Cruiserweight Classic, when he doesn't have Vince in his ear, he is actually really good. It's just the shit Vince forces him to say. I don't know if I want to see Vince wrestle at age 305. Like I know he is more ripped than I'll ever be in my entire life. 
But well, the suggestion <laughs> is that it will be a smoke and mirrors match, and actually Austin Theory will wrestle on okay. his behalf. So. I'm okay with that. I think Austin Theory, uh, God bless, he's still alive. May, not crippled for the rest of his life because sweet yeah. baby Jesus. Why would you take that? They just, because just Vince watch. asked him to, man. Yeah, that's they, true. I suppose when you, do you know what? I guess they don't come into your head when you're, you know, getting paid millions of dollars. I suppose you don't really think about it in that way. And he's obviously Vince McMahon's golden boy. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. I, I could see him having the breakout year this year when it's all uh, yeah. done. Wouldn't be surprised if he has at least a couple of title opportunities. He might even end the year as a WWE champion. That's how hot Vince McMahon is on him. That waits. That awaits to be seen. Apparently, um, because it was filmed today, I think uh, Vince McMahon went on a Pat McAfee show. Haven't seen oh, any of it yet, but apparently man. some seeds were planted for it on there. So you know, but okay. a lot of people were saying that it was a very enlightening and very illuminating uh, view and interview. So yeah, um, hey, good news. Hulk Hogan's got a divorce, mate. <laughs> um, Is again. it from life? Did he divorce uh, yeah. life? Not yet. Um, so he took to his Twitter to oh address social media photos of him with his new girlfriend, a woman named Sky. Uh, yo, maniacs. Or so I should do it in his voice. Like, yo, maniacs. Just for the record, brother. The Facebook and Instagram posts are me and my girlfriend, Sky. I'm officially divorced, brother. Sorry, I thought everyone already knew, brother. Love my maniacs for life, brother. That's, that's okay, all you got brother, there. Brother, brother. This is his second divorce. Hooray. Um... I don't Any... care, man. No, like... I don't. No, <laughs> no. Fuck, fuck, fuck that guy. Yep, fuck that guy indeed. How about we talk about someone far more relevant in Rene Dupree? Uh... <laughs> what do you mean, the youngest WWE champion in history? I think he still has that record. Uh, um, Nicholas, thank you very oh, much. I forgot that five-year-old. Ever? No, you're right. He was ten. He was ten. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and uh... he had to forfeit the title because he had homework. That that's it. Yeah. Pretty special, to be fair. Um, it was quite funny as well. I think it was it was it the Raw the next night where he came in and kind of went hmm, like that to somebody and somebody shit yeah. their pants. I can't like, remember who it was. Fucking head faking, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> I mean, good good for him, honestly. Like that's a moment he will have for his entire like school career. He could tell us, friends, yeah. yeah, I'm on the WWE title page. Yeah. I won the WWE Raw Tag Team titles. What have you done this week? <laughs> oh, you ate a yellow crayon. Oh, I'm well impressed. Um, <laughs> fair to play. Did you know that Rene Dupree's podcast is called Cafe de Rene? Uh, no, I didn't know he had one. That's not the news, but to be honest, I was excited enough when I heard that. Um, I also am very close friends with somebody who's worked with Rene Dupree regularly, and he says that he's apparently a bit of a loose cannon and really into his conspiracy theories and stuff, so oh, it should be fun. No. Uh, Dupree, oh, no. Dupree claimed to have suffered a broken nose and concussion in a match earlier in the evening um, when he was talking about, basically, he told stories on um, his time in WWE. Uh, he said, we're in Nashville. It was a tag team match. Me and Kenzo Suzuki against Eddie Guerrero and Booker T. Booker gives me a back elbow, busts my nose, knocks me the fuck out, right? My nose is broken. There's blood everywhere. I'm fucking out of it, right? So I got to Vince after I go, I just broke my nose. Oh, you must be in pain. <laughs> so anyway, we get on, we get on this like flying army vessel, fucking military plane, right? To fly to, we fly from Nashville to Germany to like a Germany airbase, then Germany to Iraq. So on the flight there, I believe this is for the um, tribute to the troop stuff. So on the flight there, Vince is drinking. He's drinking red wine out of a gallon water jug. 
he's he's this fucking billionaire drinking like a fucking you know moonshine like some fucking hick right (laughs) Rene Dupree continued recalling the antics of a man and JBL during the flight that involved JBL drawing on a passed out cameraman he's drinking with Bradshaw because him and Bradshaw he's one of Bradshaw's because him and Bradshaw he's one of Bradshaw's you know so I'm seeing them do doing this fucking college, middle school, high school shit. One of the camera guys was passed out. One of the camera guys was passed out sleeping. So Bradshaw goes and draws a penis on the outside of the guy's mouth. Then he's like doing a moon or sticking his ass in the guy's face and they're taking like pictures of it. So they make their way behind me, right? Now, mind you, I have a concussion, broken nose. All of a sudden I feel bam, right in the back of the head. Dude, my fucking nose starts bleeding. Oh, by the way, we had to wear army helmets and bulletproof vests because we're headed into a war zone. And it's Vince. Vince had rolled up one of those big pillows that you sleep on. Um, But, you know, if you tie it up and you swing it, that shit can hurt. So apparently Vince went up behind him and smashed him in the back of the head with a pillow because funny. (laughs) Um, Another story Rene Dupree told was Vince McMahon and Triple H joining the boys at a strip club. I just remember Val Venus drunk as shit, like talking with Vince, like, hey, give me a better spot, Dupree said. I don't think Triple H and Vince stayed long. I think they only stayed for an hour and then they left and then everybody else just pied, right? I remember there was one girl who was all over Flair. Flair was like, listen, I know I can spot a gold digger and this chick had fucking gold fucking flakes all over her, right? And at the end of the night, she goes to me like I was the last resort. No, bitch, I don't want you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, translation-wise, when they do pretty learn to speak fucking English, better, yeah, fam, come on, man. But, yeah, what do you think about more fucking bullshit? Vince McMahon drinking out of a hick jug, uh, Val Venus trying to get a push in a strip club. <laughs> more I mean, stupidity I believe, I believe, from that era. I believe that second one, for sure. But, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I can't see Vince drinking red wine out of a fucking liter jug like that. Like, I, I can't. The guy, he, he seems to have more self-worth than that. I know he's done some dog shit things on screen, but I feel like he carries himself behind the scenes like as a savvy dude. Like, he sleeps two hours a day and hates sneezing, which I think, I don't know if that's true, but it's still my favorite thing to think that Vince just hates sneezing because it shows weakness. Can't keep all of his dust inside him. But I can believe it. <laughs> I can yeah. absolutely believe that. I mean, um, I, I, I forgot Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki were actually tag team champions on SmackDown. I forgot about that. Most, most of us forgot that Kenzo Suzuki even existed. So, and yeah, yeah I, I remember like John Cena helping to liberate his girlfriend as well by removing the geisha and slapping yeah. her ass. And, oh, Jesus Christ. That was a bad, bad period, 2004. Like you, you, yeah, Eddie Guerrero winning the title was great, but if you go back and listen to our man at Mondays, 2004 sucked dick, mate. <laughs> and so that was my favorite. Through. My favorite Manic Monday set, by the way, was we got, went through 2004. Steve hated it, he couldn't. It was the best thing. I, I honestly, by the end of it, was exhausted. I was like, yo, 2004 actually sucked. <laughs> like, and now that I think back to it, it actually wasn't that good. There were some incredible matches that will forever be remembered as some of the great matches of WWE, you know, like WrestleMania with Eddie and obviously no way out before that. But yeah, no, fuck 2004, mate. Um, someone who probably wishes it was 2004 is Kane Velasquez. Have you heard this? He's charged with attempted murder. Uh, I did. Didn't the like the guy he tried to kill like molest like a an underage person or attempted I think 
Yeah, police would not confirm Kane's role in the incident, but one man was taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries and another man was arrested. Court records revealed that Kane was in a Santa Clara County jail with no bond, but no details were available at that time. In an update, TMZ Sports reports that Velasquez has been arrested and booked on an attempted murder charge. The motive and circumstances around this incident are still under investigation at this time. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I mean, there's no details here that I've seen yet. There might have been something that's come forth. He's obviously got a mugshot and he looks, well, fucking hell, he looks vicious, to be honest. So I don't know whether you might have more of a scoop on it. I haven't found any other news articles as of yet, but Cain Velasquez attempted murder charge. So former WWE star, Cain Velasquez. Just bringing it back to, to the golden days. When you yeah. carry guns in your fucking bags. Yeah. Like guns in your locker room. So that Cameron Anderson could shoot some motherfucker in the face. But, but, but I don't try I don't think Cameron Anderson could shoot anybody. He can't even be asked to turn up to fucking do this podcast. So why do I want to believe that he can shoot Ebenezer the geezer in the face? Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Um WWE Hall of Famer Alundra Blaze and Paige apparently highly upset that they were snubbed for the 2K22 video game that is, of course, coming out soon. Uh, Paige would also ask WWE why reigning women's tag team champions Selena Vega, Selena Vega, excuse me, Doudrop and WWE Hall of Famers The Bella Twins were omitted from the game. Meanwhile, Blaze asked WWE why she signed a Legends contract only to be snubbed from the game's roster. As noted, several former WWE stars posted their reactions after their names were included in the roster. Fans on social media pointed out how nearly a further the roster includes wrestlers released within the last year. Do you think this is going to hurt the sales of this game? No, because it hits like Cam will buy it. Like, that is it's true. A fuck, it's a fucking video game. Who cares if you're in it or not? Like... I mean, I'd be pissed off if I was an actual member of the roster, like Zelina Vega, for instance. If I wasn't I in mean, the game, I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, was she released when they started? Because remember, she was released and then brought back. I mean, it's probably not hard to yeah. mocap her back into it. But Maybe they're, they're going to drop DLCs as well later down the They line. always do. Yeah, they always the do. The thing is, I'd be really frustrated if I'm a gaming company, right? And I've worked out a deal with WWE and they've said, yeah, yeah, we're going to release these wrestlers that aren't on the main current roster of the game. We're going to release them down the line with DLCs maybe in a couple of months, you know, season pass, all that sort of stuff. It would frustrate me because this is the problem. They come out, so then they stoke up all the fans because you know Paige has got a ludicrous amount of stands. And then they go to fucking Twitter and they start putting pressure and they find, you know, whatever video game executive, WWE gaming executive. And then all of a sudden it just ruins all that shit. And they're like, they could have been like, well, we're actually going to release them as part of a DLC, but you kind of ruined it now because you had to fucking cry like little bitches. And also, Paige and Lundra Blaze, I don't want to be rude. You don't need to be in that video game. You've been in a multitude of past games. One of them is Hall of Famer, regarded as one of the greatest like women's wrestlers, you know, of the older era coming into the modern era. And obviously she's famous just for dumping a belt in the bin. So I'd just be like, yo, fucking, to be honest, this isn't the first time you fucking shit the bed, is it, when it comes to WWE love? Um, you know, and as far as Paige goes, she's done very well for herself, very successful, very famous, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people watching her Twitch channel and her social media and R-rated films. Sorry, what? <clears throat> yeah, right. She had a film based upon you. Like, shut up, man. Stop crying. Honestly. Oh, woe is me. I didn't get anything from the world. Motherfucker. 
you know, us, we're here, us fucking schmoes here, we're fucking scrapping and scraping to keep alive and pay our rent. There's people fucking dying in the Ukraine because of some megalomaniac cunt. But this one's fucking having a whinge because she's not in this year's video game. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about your fucking bullshit video game. I ain't going to buy that game until it's like 20 quid. Go fuck yourselves. Speaking of Russia and Ukraine, did you hear what Kane had to say about it? No, I'm already mad that he thinks wearing masks inhibits children's mental health and their language development and all this stuff. I'm like, but you wore a mask for 30 years. Fuck off. I haven't, I haven't even heard that, so that 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 blows my mind a bit. However, WWE Hall of Famer Glenn Jacobs received a lot of social media backlash on Sunday for his controversial take on the ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Um, speaking on Russian President Vladimir Putin's recent actions, Kane would remind the radical left that weakness is not a virtue. If you on the left and are if you are on the left and are shocked by Putin's aggression, wake up, sunshine. Kane wrote. Um, historically in the real world, might makes right. Weakness, which is really what the left is all about, is not a virtue. It's a fatal character flaw. And no, the US should not get involved. Kane added, I highly doubt Putin cares a whit about toxic masculinity, the council culture of Matoir, or any of the other things the radical left stand for. Uh, this obviously garnered a lot of aggression, um, not only from individuals uh, you know, in the social media world, but also Hangman Page. AEW champion, who wrote, um, uh, he responded to Kane's tweet with a video montage of the Big Red Machine taking 10 ruthless chair shots to the head. Page would also share links to UNICEF support children in Ukraine and Ukraine crisis relief fundraisers. WWE Hall of Fame, Sean Maltman, and Raw superstar Cedric Alexander seem to agree with Hangman's take on Cage as well, with tweets backing him up and sharing his opinions. What do you think about Glenn Jacobs? Um, WWE Hall of Famer, Glenn Jacobs, essentially saying that, do you know what? All you liberals and all you lefties, which by the way, I'm not, um, you need to fucking stop crying because Putin's are, then he? And it's all about might is right. Like, he, he's clearly going senile. Like, there's no other option, right? Like, I, I loved Kane in the 90s. I think his early 2000s run, like when he had Finger 11 Slow Chemical as his theme, which is still one of the best theme songs ever, by the way. He's clearly going mad. I think he's becoming the character as a politician, and that's incredibly dangerous. He's saying things that should not be said. You, you can't just go, no, U.S. shouldn't get involved in this. The fuck you mean? The U.S. and Russia have been at odds since the 60s. The Cold War never ended. It just became quieter. It's, like, um, it's, you know what? Like, I've friend, like, oh, so, you know, I haven't had a chance to really talk about this. I don't really want to, really, but I went to Kiev in 2007 for a Champions League football game. Um, and that been awesome. Yes and no. Uh, there's some problems. Like, let's not pretend. Like, you know, someone who has actually been to Ukraine, they have racial problems. They have, you know, problems with um, acceptance of other people with color. There's been 
numerous documented issues with colored fans being assaulted or set upon, even if they support the same team in Ukraine. Uh, you know, the refugee crisis right now, uh, which is harrowing, to say the least. They have over a million refugees now displaced and in other countries. Um, there's been reports at the borders that, you know, uh, immigrants or people from immigrant families, even though even if they do have Ukrainian, you know, uh, national visa or whatever you might want to call it, even though they might have citizenship for Kiev or whatever it might be, are being basically told, yeah, you have to wait because you're not white enough to pass as Ukrainian in our land. <laughs> like terrifying you know it's it's not great um and of course there's the small matter mr jacobs uh while you sit there on your fat ass looking like a melted wax candle from the 40s um there is the small issue of millions upon millions of ukrainian men who are willing to lay down their lives to protect the democracy and sovereignty that you frankly get to live and enjoy without even so much as a peep you filthy fat republican sack of shit all right and i I say that as one of his biggest fans as a kid a huge fan of kane um this i'm afraid sir gets you on my shit list and you will not be coming off anytime soon listen here you weak little-minded cunt um Watching people die on my TV screen every day because of some fucking lunatic who's got a jolly on, some tyrant, fat, polonium-obsessed, wank pheasant like Putin, and you just sit here and go, yeah, well, you know, might is right. Is it? Is it now? So you won't mind then if I rock up at your house and beat you after death with a lead pipe because might is right, yeah? Idiot. Fucking moronic. This level of stupidity is why we have so many problems in our world. This is why racism occurs, because of a lack of education. This is astounding as well, because this is a man who is, what, the governor, the mayor of Knox County? Like This guy got a political position despite having these thoughts. And of course, you know, the rest of the man's like, yeah, but he's Kane and we love him because he chokeslam people. Yeah, but he's not Kane anymore. He's Glenn Jacobs. And he... Turns out he's just basically a Trump fanatic, which means that he can get in the fucking bin with everyone else. And by the way, I'm not a lefty. I don't believe in liberal politics. I don't believe in politics at all, actually. I believe in one, I believe in a political system, but I believe in centralist stuff. And I've mentioned this so many times in this podcast, it makes my head spin. Um, go fuck yourself, Glenn Jacobs, you fat cunt. Go fuck yourself, you fucking disgustingly greedy self-entitled perpetual fucking dirtbag um so yeah and obviously as far as the ukrainian conflict goes ladies and gentlemen um there isn't really much we can do although we are welcome to listen to any kind of support or anything that we can do to further the cause um but obviously there is a number of ukrainian embassies that you can talk to in regards of uh, money cash donations we are told specifically our government at least has told us that actually money is kind of more important than sending things like clothing and stuff like that because then it can be funneled to the right services correctly and um yeah there's there's all kinds of things you can do and there's also loads of great places like uh, explosive ape uh, fitness clothing who i buy and wear a lot of stuff they're actually selling t-shirts for 10 pounds and each each t-shirt all the profits go towards ukrainian charities to help people at war and who are displaced by war so um yeah bottom line is russia can go fuck itself as hard as it fucking can um 
but the idea that he said that the US shouldn't be getting involved, I, I don't want to get too heavy on the subject, but I'm of the opinion that you strike as soon as you can to protect people um, and you don't sit there and watch people burn before you decide to take action because that's kind of what it feels like it's going down the route of. So if anyone would like to talk to me in more depth about the Ukrainian conflict, I'm sure you can contact me at Aaron Nick's Design. And if you even so much as think of defending Glenn Jacobs, I will call you a cunt and then block you because I have better things to do with my time. Um, we bounce from one miserable topic to another. So Carl Wilkinson, how, how clued up are you? You probably saw a podcast that we dropped today about a situation involving one Dirty Dave Dennis and his opponent from last Saturday at Outcast Pro Wrestling, Ryan Hendricks. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, I've been working a lot so i haven't had a chance to catch up on everything but well, when you do get a chance check it out if you can there is some footage available as well so last saturday outcast pro wrestling i have a lot of friends who work there as well um there was a match involving ryan Hendricks and dirty dave dennis who as we know is a good friend of mine personally member of the knobs also a former guest on this podcast somebody i've trained with somebody i've worked with worked on shows with he's part of that infamous dirty 24 7 title match which of course caught him enough heat and unfortunately, um, due to a lack of professionalism, it has to be said on both sides, their match, uh, his match with Ryan Hendricks um, kind of went to a shoot mode. And unfortunately, Ryan Hendricks was severely injured and picked up a concussion during this. Um, some of the footage is quite distressing. Uh, we had Dirty Dave Dennis on yesterday. We openly asked Ryan Hendricks if he would like to. He's welcome to come on and share his side of the story. We're told so far, so far all we're hearing really is that Dirty Dave Dennis is scum, okay? So I had him on the podcast and I interviewed him and I asked him a few questions and I spoke to him as a friend and he told us very matter-of-factly and he's never fucking lied to me once in his life. He's a very honest man and anyone who knows him knows that he's very forthright with his opinions, uh, just like myself. He told us that Ryan Hendricks was unprofessional. He didn't turn up before the show. Uh, he then decided that he wanted to actually have a shoot angle. So it was discussed during their match. Let's let's go a bit shoot. Let's wind people up. Dirty Dave Dennis made it very clear he didn't want to do a comedic style match like he has done with his Dirty 24-7 title. And Ryan Hendricks pursued a very comedic, stupid match. He even then put a shoot chokehold on Dave and Dave retaliated by defending himself. So Dave believes that he was acting in self-defense. Um, this, of course, has led to the internet blowing up. People talking on Facebook, a lot of people, as per usual, who weren't there or don't fucking know anything about the company, slandering outcasts, slandering Dave, Dave Dennis, telling people that they're unprofessional, disgraceful, things of that nature. I know you haven't had much of a chance to see it, mate, but um, yeah, like, ultimately, is there anything you want to say like in terms of what you've heard about the incident and what you might have potentially seen, at least on Twitter? I mean, until I get a full, like, listen to listen to the podcast, like, actually see some footage, I don't want to say anything in case I just make myself look like an idiot. I'd rather come into the situation completely informed. But, I mean, knowing your judge of character, like, I would completely trust him in what he would say. I mean, you've put up with my shit, so. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I definitely want to take a look at it all before I formulate an opinion on it but I, I would definitely trust someone that you have faith in so i mean if he says someone was unprofessional i'd be inclined to agree but again want to get a full a full view of it hopefully 
the other the other gentleman will have, be able to have his say, so I can kind of look at both sides. I'd never, I don't like to go in half cocked. Kind of yeah, thing. no, no. I um, I think that's a very sensible opinion to have. The reason I did that podcast for people who, because I've got a bit of blowback today, some nasty messages. I had a message from a, people do it all the time. You know, I, I got a message from a wrestling promoter calling me a fucking idiot and saying that if I posted that, I wouldn't work in the business again. You know, like like he somehow is the prior, the owner of all business. I'm not going to name him on here because I'm not unprofessional. But the bottom line is that um, I had Dirty Dave on my podcast because I felt it was unnecessary to see certain wrestling outlets, particularly wrestling dirt sheets over here, trying to get him cancelled, trying to get bookings taken away from him without actually bothering to chase up and look for the details themselves. The footage is readily available, readily available. Dave, Dave Dennis hasn't hid away. He's gone on his Twitter account. He's gone on his Facebook. He's posted the footage. Um, he openly said to me, I am a heel. I work a heel. You know, I am a bad guy. And I was trying to not only work the match to the style that he had originally asked for, but I was also trying to maintain myself. And his argument was, even though Ryan Hendricks may have been injured, that he's not to know that. He's not a medical professional. And it was the responsibility of the referee and the officials in that company to make sure that if Ryan Hendricks was injured, well, you should have thrown up an X. So, you know, um, I don't want to slander the referee. I understand it was his first show and I don't know him personally, but the bottom line is, mate, um, you know, you are supposed to be a professional wrestling referee, so be professional. Um, I have to show a bit of love and appreciation for a couple of the talents, including Lunatrix, who made her way to ringside and basically kind of helped sort of calm Dave down or at least keep him separated from Ryan Hendricks because it looked like it could have got uglier. Um, and obviously I've got a lot of love and time for Lunatrix, as anyone knows. But uh, yeah, it's just disappointing. And it's disappointing to see that one of my best friends is being dragged into it. That being said, I don't have anything negative to say to Ryan Hendricks. I solely have been told certain things. I've seen what Ryan Hendricks has had to say. And I've openly said to Ryan Hendricks on this podcast that he is welcome to come on and have his say and tell his side of the story. And the idea of that is so that both guys can have their say. And then afterwards, our fans and people going forward can make a choice as to what they think is correct. But I should point out, unless you were there, you don't fucking know. So do your due diligence have some respect and wait for all the evidence instead of jumping on a bandwagon or piling on because you think you're cool and it's the right thing to do. Isn't that right? Realwrestling.net who stuck a tweet out giving Dirty Dave shit saying he was unprofessional and saying even if it was a work or a shoot, it was in poor taste. Who the fuck are you to dictate how wrestling business is perceived or done? If you don't like it, even if it was a work, which apparently it wasn't, if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it then. If you know, you seem to think you're entitled to an opinion, which you are, but those aren't facts. You're entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to facts because you don't fucking know the facts. You're just some sweaty nerd in his basement who, frankly, has just had an opinion. And that pisses me off. And I wouldn't mind it, but when you actively said, in your tweet that promoters shouldn't book Dirty Dave Dennis or they should seriously consider whether they should use him again because he's unprofessional and disgraceful. What would you know about the wrestling business? What would you know about hours upon hours upon days upon years of taking bumps and working hard and breaking your fucking ankle and getting a concussion? What the fuck would you know about that, mate? Nothing. Shut up. 
Get in your fucking lane and maybe report on some news that's pretty obvious. Maybe just keep chatting shit about all the boring stuff like Cesaro getting released and leave this stuff to people who actually know what they're fucking talking about. People who work full time in this industry like myself. In the meantime, shut the fuck up. Noise the fuck out of me. Um, yeah. It's a dirty business, isn't it? Like It is. Yeah, it's a real dirty business. You know what? It takes all sorts to run business. And everyone should be entitled to work in our business, providing they put in the work. But these people who don't put in any work, who don't graft like we have, like myself especially, like my friends, you know, Dave Dennis was trained for years upon years upon years. Don't call him unprofessional when he's been nothing but professional. This is a guy who's wrestled Johnny Storm. This is a guy who's wrestled in the fucking Rev Pro's Academy. He's worked with some of the best wrestlers this country has to offer. He's worked for some of the biggest companies in this country, including the Knight Family's WAW. And he's been nothing but professional. So, you know what? All these people calling it unprofessional, but not actually contacting him directly or speaking to him like a fucking man or blowing up my fucking inbox asking for details, maybe that's just as unprofessional as the behavior you perceive Dirty Dave Dennis to have done. So grow a pair and go and talk directly to the source, get the facts, or shut the fuck up. Because it bores the crap out of me. Um, That's all I've got wrestling-wise as far as the week goes. So Batman film's coming out. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so oh, I'm so excited, man. Like ha- having an actual like unhinged Riddler, kind of like the Telltale games, is so exciting. I I just I just can't wait. Like I genuinely can't wait. I won't go and see it on release day. I like going to see stuff on release day, but you know, with the way things are and COVID is still an issue, it's not as hot now. And Britain has pretty much all but said, Yeah, fuck it, we're good now. They don't care anymore. Um, but for me. Just like you say, the Riddler having the opportunity to see a brand new Batman, a very edgy, somewhat emo kind of Batman in many ways. I, you know what? The more and more I've seen footage of it, the more and more I've watched the uh, process of it unfold. I think that Pattinson could genuinely deliver a really special performance here. I really think he could end up being truly, yep. truly special as Batman. Uh, I mean, I'm still excited to see Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I'm excited to see what the prosthetics and stuff look like. Because I like Colin Farrell as an actor. Like, uh, fucking the movie Phone Booth is like, it's not great, but he still does a really good job because it's based on a guy in a fucking phone booth. It's a great Like, it's still, it's still really good. I remember, I think the movie SWAT that came in like 2003 or something. I was really into as a kid. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That one was really good. Um, I think Zoe Kravitz is doing Catwoman, which I'm excited for. I think she's really good. Yeah, Catwoman needs uh, needs a revamp, doesn't she? Because I think it wasn't Halle Berry like the last person oh. to really touch that. And anyway. that wasn't even Selena Kyle. It was fucking some bitch they made up. Uh, so, you know, it, it needs redoing. It needs to be edgier. She still needs to be seductive. I'm hoping they're going to bring in Poison Ivy as well at some point. I feel like uh, in this day and age, I like the idea of her being sexy, but a lot darker, like genuinely, like, you know, bursting people's veins using the plants and things like that. Yeah. I like the idea of really taking it to the darker side of what DC can do. And I also love the idea that we could potentially have the crossover with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Robert Pattinson's Batman. That could genuinely be a huge money spinner. I know they've spoken about how they want to kind of separate the DC dark universe side of things to what they're doing here, but this looks really edgy. And that one scene I've seen on YouTube where the car crashes through the funeral procession, um, 
is a masterpiece and that's only three minutes of what we could potentially see this could be one of the all-time great films and i i think i believe isn't um is it um fincher is going to direct this i think so yeah he he has done some special work i think he deserves an opportunity and i just hope that all the fucking marvel twats aren't going to shit on it just because it's not made by disney and i'm glad it's not made by disney because they wouldn't know how to make a good batman as far as i'm concerned Andy Serkis as Alfred, I think, is really cool too. I love Andy Serkis. For people who don't know, I mean, most of the people who listen to this are really nerds. He did the mocap for Gollum. He was Ulysses Claw in Black Panther. Like he's he's great. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. But I'm he's excited to give I'm excited to give Pattinson a chance. I know people just shit on because of Twilight, and you you can't turn shit into diamonds. He I think he did well with what he was given. But yeah, like, I mean, we say we can say what we want about Twilight, but it made a lot of it money. Was, oh, it was madly successful because all the fucking preteens and people who read the books as preteens and then the movies came later. Yeah, like it, you got to make money. But the most important thing I think we need to talk about is that Joe DiMaggio is coming back as Bender. They finally, Bender Gate's over. I'm back, baby. Let's fucking go. Because yeah. I honestly, I don't think I would have watched it if he didn't come back. And that yeah. breaks my heart. But it doesn't matter now because he's fucking here. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I probably would have watched it, but I felt I feel like I would have been disjointed from the character because it's not the it's not authentic. You know, I need authenticity with someone like this. You know, a lot of people are arguing they shouldn't even bring it back because they've had two perfect endings after cancellations, you know. And um, yeah, like, but I'm still gonna watch it. I think it's very important Hell, yeah. to have Joe DiMaggio back. I think that the animation is gonna be supreme. We're gonna get more up-to-date, more topical references, humor, references to Trump probably and all sorts. And obviously science fiction has really taken a massive turn in modern society as well with the discovery of what people believe to be genuine aliens and conspiracy theories have just become a mad, mad, mad thing now. They're taking on a life of their own. You turn on Netflix and there's UFO documentaries coming out of the wazoo. So I think it's got the potential to be great in a time where Simpsons has become really stale. And frankly, even with the crossovers, it's become, you know, like people just don't even talk about it anymore because it's just so, you know, just there now. It's just part of the furniture, but there's no real excitement about that. Whereas with the Futurama, we're given such a smaller sample size. So I, I, I think it could be quite special and I hope it is. And I hope that now that the full cast has been reunited, you know, that we're going to get some just, just some fun and some happiness in what has been a really miserable time to be a human being over the last two or three years. Someone could argue it all went to shit when I cancelled it last time. I mean, I remember like the Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Like, it was shit. It, it wasn't that good. Like, I'm sorry, when you just replaced the chicken with Homer, like for the, for the fight that just lasts an obscene amount of time, like the first few chicken fights are funny. Like they are, let's be honest, they're funny. But when you do it like at least like twice a season and the episodes only last like 22 minutes without commercials and the fights themselves last for three, like, you, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I just um, don't care. Yeah, no, I just think that Futurama has retained a special kind of feeling with fans because it, it's never been too overdone. It's never been oversaturated. And even if the content hasn't always been fantastic, it may have strayed slightly. 
there's still so little of it in comparison to the others, like the South Parks, like the Family Guys, like the Simpsons. That it, it still feels kind of special. It's like BoJack Horseman. I think when it's all said and done, there's only six series of that. They won't be re, you know, revisiting it. It's done, and it was powerful and it was emotional and it was distressing. And I think it'll be remembered as arguably one of Netflix's greatest triumphs for a long time. Bojack was kind of like the pinnacle of Netflix. Like you go on Netflix and Bojack was the first thing you saw when you went on there. So, you know, um, I hope that Futurama will kind of be remembered the same way. I just hope that they don't just drag out too many series of it. Maybe two, maybe three, and then just call it a day, you know, like and leave it there. Otherwise, it'll just end up being The Simpsons, where, don't get me wrong, at some points was truly one of the most incredible masterpieces of animated history, and it'll always go down as one of the greatest cartoons ever, but so oversaturated, like everything else. Like my buddy and I were at work, I think it was yesterday or the day before trying to think because we we were talking about like we won't watch it unless DiMaggio comes back. But then we're like, you know what? We were trying to like really narrow it down to like an episode of Futurama we didn't like (laughs) and we couldn't come up with one. Like I was trying to think like maybe um, the episode where like Fry like goes to the moon for the first time, you know, one small step for man and one giant line for admission. I'm like, yeah, I tried. That was the first one I thought of like, maybe that wasn't the best, but the more we talked about it, like we're raiders on the moon, we carry well, our I harpoons. I, I love it. Cause you know, they find the, the Apollo 11 space capsule. The more I talked about it, I'm like, no, this is actually a good one. You know, Jurassic Park. We don't talk about just saying the title. I could feel it in the what's left of my cold dead soul. Like, I don't think there's a bad episode. Honestly, I don't. Like, maybe there's none that are bad. Some are just good, which is still, you know, for lack of a better word, good. But they range from good to fucking crippling in the best way. There's not a bad episode of that show. No, no, there's not much else I can add to that, mate. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I mean think so i'm a little hungry it's been a long day might, might get some mickey d's bro yeah some bro mcdonald's fucking takeaway talk to me off ballooned mate i'm fucking shattered like so many wrestling gigs so little time like i'm fucking i've just haven't had time to really look after myself enough so that's something i need to focus on a bit um yeah no i no it's, it's been it's been a tough week for a lot of us and i think over the last week or so it's been very difficult to focus on anything with while the ukrainian conflict just you know escalates and gets more violent and more distressing and you know that's that's you know full disclosure taking up a lot of my time like um i'm always at war with my mental health and things like that but these people are a genuine war and are trying desperately to stay alive that's that's a lot really hard to watch knowing that you know i know that the media spins it a certain way and nobody's perfect on either side but it is overwhelmingly terrifying to see a country treat people in that way like russia is treating ukraine that's that's alarming and a lot of innocent people are going to burn and die and suffer for the will and the dreams of a lunatic and i just think it's a bit sad that we're all kind of sitting here watching it unfold so you know what for those of us listening for those people who are bothering to listen all five of you um enjoy your life go and do great things and chase dreams and stuff like that because it could be taken away from you like that and you know 
also, you know, remember moments like this in history. Seems like we're privy to a lot of incredible moments that mankind has never had to put up with. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the the sheer fact that I have to, I am alive and have to watch this unfold is harrowing, but also a reminder that, um, you know, we are very fickle little ants on this giant rock and we need to be far more appreciative of the moments that we do have to make a difference, um, which is very important. So, you know, um, Slava Ukraine, as always, um, much love to everyone in Ukraine, um, to my friend um, as well. Uh, I've got a friend called Vlad, who's Lithuanian, who lives in Kiev. Uh, haven't heard from him for a while, which is very disappointing, but it's very difficult for anyone to get hold of anyone out there. Um, but don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, as well, as a very quick aside, I don't know if it's the case in other countries, but in this country, uh, all of our uh, mobile carriers and cell providers have uh, offered completely free data and calls to Ukraine and back and forth um, so that people might have an opportunity to speak to their loved ones. And that will be in effect, um, I assume, for quite some time. So if anyone is listening to this and thinking I have friends who are Ukrainian or close to Ukraine or whatever it might be, take advantage of that, you know, make a phone call because it might make the world a difference. Um so, yeah, not really much else I can add. I could sit here and talk forever about how depressing it is, but we all still have to get on with our lives, which is very difficult to do. From myself, Aaron X, and for Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for listening to the Rest of Blood podcast. We'll be back very, very soon. We've got a couple of very nice interviews dropping, and, of course, I'll be busy at a multitude of different shows. If you're listening to this before the weekend, actually, Rumble Wrestling as a show uh, in Tunbridge Wells this Saturday. So if you can get to Tunbridge Wells, tickets are available. £14 for adults, £12 for kids, I believe, if you buy them from rumblewrestling.com. And I know there is a very stacked card for that show. And I might actually even be going just as a fan because, you know, it's not too far from me. And it's a good opportunity to see some good wrestling. But uh, like I've said, for myself and Carl, thank you very much for watching, listening, paying attention. And we will catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleBlog.